0: The content of this podcast is personal opinion of the hosts and guests, and is not to be taken, interpreted, or perceived as medical advice on the practice of medicine. So here you go, Lauren from the Honest Beauty Review, girl, this one's going out to you, this our is homie, for you, this Lauren, is for you, Lauren.
1: Welcome to the Aesthetic Podcast. I am your host, Aesthetic Ann
0: R-N-C-A-N-S. And I am your other host, Sarah. Welcome back.
1: We have an editorial correction
0: from last week's show. Yep. We're starting off with a little correction to ourselves. Go ahead. Last week, we did our first product review and
1: I gave Jiveau a 2.5 syringes. I still stand by my 2.5 syringes. However, in the podcast, I mentioned one of the reasons I gave it 2.5 syringes is because they did not have a rewards program in place at the time.
0: Turns out you they were do wrong.
1: I, I stand corrected. So they do have a rewards program. Yes, they do. And I'm very happy to hear that they have a rewards program. So if you're using Jevo and you're loving Jevo, stay with Jevo because now you'll be rewarded for that too. Yay! Yay! Before we get into the main subject today, I have a little topic I'd like to discuss. Okay. Talk to me, Goose. (laughs) It's about, there's like issues going on with neurotoxin literally around the world post-COVID. Okay. What's the issue? It's really interesting. Well, people are beginning to report that their neurotoxin is having what they call um, procedure or treatment failure. Which means
0: So it's not working. Right. In this case, it's
1: not lasting as long as it should.
0: Well, last week we learned that dose equals duration. So they (laughs) just need to give a bigger dose. Yes. Oh, you
1: listened well, young Padawan. (laughs) Yes. Well, but the thing is they're still dosing the same that they had been before. Mm, but, but something's
0: happened, but this, it's not lasting as long. This right. is a global pandemic, the global pandemic of Botox, <laughs> the worldwide well, Botox Their face mishap. is melting off. So what's causing it? It's not, it's not lasting as long.
1: Well, they're not really sure what's causing it, but I, I find it really interesting because I have been in these nurse injector groups, provider groups and, and things. And I have seen this discussion in the last month you know, I guess four to six weeks. And it does depend on like when the area of the country or the world, when you came out of lockdown. And so it's either been the last treatment you had or the last two treatments. So for instance, here in Texas, um, it's been the last two treatments because we've been out of lockdown since kind of May, I think. Mm -hmm. And now people are coming back. But anyway, that that last treatment that they had right out of COVID, it's not lasting.
0: So if your last Botox treatment hasn't been lasting as long, you're not crazy. Yeah, you're not crazy and, and your, your injectors provider, not skimping you. Yeah. They're
1: not watering it down. They're not they're not trying to make up money. Something's going like, on here. We're gonna going get on. to the bottom of this. Yeah. So so I just have some really simple information. It's not a scientific it's not a scientific data study but it's just a simple non-scientific survey but it was done by dr tim pierce and his wife miranda and they live in the uk and he is cheerio (laughs) they do they have they have the coolest accents i love them and um he does a lot of aesthetic training and teaching and he's he's just really great he's a big giver in our community and a great teacher, and but they did this little study, and they had a sample size of 1,855 people um, that basically, and they were all like providers and clinicians that do this work, and they're from 31 different countries around the world, and it wasn't just one particular neurotoxin, so they kind of went with the top three, and then there was a, a subject, or like a sample size of other, so... Of the 1,855 people sampled, 44% of them were using Botox, 37% were using Dysport, and 18% were using Xeomin, okay? And then um, there were 21 that were using Other. I don't know what that is. They didn't say. They they didn't say. Okay, so this is interesting. 75% of the Botox users were having issues, 73% of the Disport users were having issues and sixty-nine percent of the ZMN users were having issues. So everybody was having issues. That's a lot of issues. And it it was over 70% if you put those together and do a, an average or a mean. Mm-hmm. It was over 70%. So
0: that's a lot. Something's Three, going on. Yeah, something's here. going on. Detective Sarah on the case. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so what's going on? Do you have a gadget? Are you inspector Sarah gadget? Yeah. Yeah. So, t- what's going on? Why is why is it not working? Is a bad batch? Allergan? Did you give us some faulty product? No. Well, they're they're not really sure. They haven't, like I said, it's
1: not a scientific study. They've got some theories, but yet they didn't really have a clear answer or like what their clear theory is. What are your theories? Well, one of the top theories, that, like I said, they didn't have a clear, but kind of one of their top theories is logistics and man, not the manufacturing, but after manufacturing the logistics and getting it on site because all of these neurotoxins have to be shipped, packaged and shipped on ice, and mm-hmm. a lot of times they use dry ice. I did find out last week, though, because... I hadn't seen this yet, and I was having some problems in my clinic, so I called Allergan, wanted a meeting with their medical science liaison. I spoke with him, and he told me there's a dry ice shortage here in the United States.
0: Oh, Lord.
1: Okay, that could be a problem. Yeah, and, and his so he also said that basically the logistics and the manufacturing and the trucking and all that stuff, it's taking longer to get there. Now, when you order these products, you have to order them one day, and they have to be guaranteed delivery within 24 hours. Wow. And so usually you order them, you know, sometime during the day, and, and we usually get hours like 10, 30 business. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, yeah, but sometimes the product's not showing up for three or four hours later than that. But honestly, I don't think that that really should have a problem. Like that really shouldn't affect the the product. So I don't think that's what it is. Okay. What do you think it is? So I have my own theory, call me crazy or not, but I think that when you have illnesses and when you're sick, it, it does affect the physiology of your body. Mm-hmm. And this virus is, has been a very unique and different and mysterious virus. And I think that these issues have something to do with the COVID virus. So, like
0: it's changing, it's making people Botox immune. <laughs> oh no! Oh, and and I mean that's its lasting mark on society. <laughs> that is a tragedy. No, but
1: um, I, I think it. I, th- I think there's something to that, possibly. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't have anything to base it on, but um, it, it is interesting in that it's not everybody is affected. It's a large number of providers and clinicians that have seen this happen, but when they reported it, they weren't seeing it happen to every single person in their practice.
0: Well, I guess we'll see. We'll keep you updated. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. so as we look back and gather data, we'll, you know, this is, hopefully this is your number one news source for the Botox pandemic, so we'll definitely keep you updated around the world. So this week's subject is based on a review that we uh, have mentioned the last episode, and we're just gonna kind of break it down because it was a lot and it deserved its own episode. So here you go, Lauren from the Honest Beauty Review, girl, this one's going out to you, this our is homie, for you, this Lauren, is for you, Lauren. Uh, she left this review back in May, and we're just now getting around to it. But girl, we are here for you. She asked a lot of great questions in her review, so I'm just gonna go question by question. And And let you give your opinion and answer them. So she said that she's a NICU nurse. Uh, She's been a NICU nurse for 15 years. And she has a beauty review channel that focuses on skincare and the love of beauty and science. So the main subject of everything that she's asking is kind of based around certification. So the first thing she asked is what's the best certification to have before applying as a nurse injector?
1: Okay, well, first of all, you don't necessarily have to have... A certification for injecting to be a nurse injector and the way that you ask your question you're asking what is the best certification to have to be an injector well as I mentioned you don't have to have one now the only certification that exists is the certified aesthetic nurse specialist the CANS however you have to have been in the industry you have to have served like under a dermatologist a plastic surgeon a maxillofacial Um, there's two others I forgot but there's five core specialties that you have to have been in nursing for two years in order to sit for the exam so actually going into beginning injecting there is not an actual certification that it's impossible for you, you to get you have to serve for two years and then sit for the test.
0: But now, you don't have to have that certification right. in order to become an injector. But if you want one, that's the one to get. Exactly. And you can only get it by serving under a certain five core doctors in the aesthetic industry. Right. Exactly. So that's now, the best one, but you don't have to have it. Right. Now, as far as what are... When you take a, course, I don't even know if we named it. That's called... It's called I the CANS. I okay. I'm just... Just making sure. It's called the CNS. It's through ISPAN. It's wonderful. It's great. We love them. Yes, we do.
1: Um, Now, when you go to train on Botox and fillers and those kinds of things, you will receive a certificate of training. So I, I talk about this a lot. There's a difference between having a certificate and show that you have been trained in this versus being certified. Now, as a nurse, all you nurses out there will totally understand what I'm talking about are you certified in reading, you know, EKGs and rhythms? No, you're not certified in that. You have a certificate. You had to, like, go to your course, do your course online or whatever, and get your check off on being able to, you know, get your ACLS, right? Okay, you're not certified ACLS. You are you have a certificate for ACLS. It's kind of the same thing. So you do want to go get a certificate for basic Botox fillers, things like that. My favorite place to send people that I think is the best value and they don't take advantage of you and they teach you a good basic just um, foundation is Aesthetic Advancements out of Georgia. I think they're out of Atlanta, but yet they have aesthetic advancement courses all over the united states so you can go to aestheticadvancements.com there's also the palette courses p-a-l-e-t-t-e you can google that i don't know if it's palette.com or or what it is but the palette courses and those are part of an allergan um you know third party training and those are really great and both of those uh institutions, organizations have advanced classes too. So my suggestion is, it kind of goes into the next question. you want to read the next question, Sarah?
0: Yeah, the next thing she touched on or she asked is what courses to choose from, you know, insinuating. There's like so many courses, two-day injection courses, microdermabrasion courses, laser therapy, chemical peels. Right, okay. As
1: far as the two-day injection courses, that's
0: going to give you a
1: basic knowledge. When we went to nursing school, <laughs> and all you nurses can can uh, relate to this, when you got out of, out of school and you started your internship, it only took you about three or four shifts that you kind of figured out, or maybe less. <laughs> For me, it took three or four. I figured out I had just graduated nursing school thinking I had the world by the tail, and I realized I basically knew enough not to kill a patient okay? You're going to go to these injector courses. You don't have to worry about killing a patient, but you're going to learn uh, enough about what not to do. And then after that, you're going to want to find a mentor or someone like that. Now, I do like the two-day injection courses. That's kind of what the palate courses are, advanced, acidic advancements is. When it comes to lasers and um, microdermabrasions, chemical peels, things like that, I do not recommend that you take those courses that you spend the extra money on those courses because and no disrespect, but those are jobs of the esthetician and I do them just because we don't have an esthetician and I'm not saying, Oh, it's a, you know, you're too good for that job. It's not that what I'm saying is people are not going to want to hire you and pay you a nurse salary for doing a job of an esthetician and estheticians get paid less than we do. Now, They may make more money in tips. I don't know because as an aesthetic provider, I don't take, as a medical provider, I don't take tips, but I'm just telling you people aren't going to want to hire you at 30 or 40 bucks an hour um, when they can hire an esthetician for, you know, 15 to 22 an hour. So I would, I would suggest that you just wait and learn that stuff on the job when you're in a med spa and they want to cross train you.
0: And that goes into kind of uh, other things that she touched on, which these courses can be very expensive, which is very true. Yes, they
1: can be. And one of the main reasons I like the two that I named is they are not outrageous. They're very fair.
0: Another thing that she asked is how do you get hired without experience? That is a toughie. That is the question of all questions. (laughs) It
1: is. Because my own experience... I actually started out in lasers and it wasn't until a year and a half later I went and trained with for Botox and fillers and these other things. And then after that, it still took me another seven or eight months to land my first job. And even then I was only doing Botox like once or twice a week. So um, it's kind of tough. It
0: definitely is who you know and how you know them.
1: Yeah, I, I I really don't have an answer for that, except, um, I mean, I kind of fell into this industry through dumb luck in a way, but then once, as I was doing the lasers and things and got interested in the Botox and fillers and got trained on that, it wasn't dumb luck after that. It was actually a lot of tenacity and knocking on doors and not being embarrassed to talk to anyone or get a name of anyone that I could. So it was a lot of networking.
0: You know, if anything, what is better than just flat out no experience is going to those two-day injection courses or getting a little bit of those certificates of training because it puts you ahead of, well, I don't know anything. You know, at least you have something, even if you haven't worked for someone and maybe try to find a place that will pay you less, but they'll teach you and they'll train you maybe like a little internship or something. Right.
1: And do expect, I know that you guys hear a lot of people are are making lots of money in this industry and things have really, really, really changed over the last couple of years. So there's a lot, a lot more people wanting to break into the industry than there was 10 years ago. So I do... Um, suggests that you lower, lower your expectations. And if you have to take a lower paying job and part of that job is cleaning the bathroom and taking the trash out at night and nobody else does, I would suggest doing that if
0: that's the way you're going to get your foot in the door. The next thing she said is how do you convince someone that you're capable with so little injection experience? And that that is a
1: conundrum. A lot of times they'll have working interviews so if you're speaking to somebody and you think that they don't want to choose you because they're, they've just written you off because you have no experience, you might suggest to them, would it be possible if I could do a working interview for you? And just so That's you'll a know, a working interview is you bring in your own model. You'll have to purchase the product from them because... Your new injector, you don't have a way of getting a hold of that product, and I would suggest that you not come in with your own product because then they're going to think something's up. <laughs> like, where did you get that product? Mm-hmm. So you would you would just make arrangements with them. May I do a working interview? I could come back on such and such day. I can bring a model, and I could purchase at cost from you the the product. What would you like for me to inject? You you know, blah blah blah, um, something like that. And I would always just. Just still be, um, circle back around with them every four or five months. Don't bug them to death, but just circle back around and ask if, if their needs have changed, that type of thing. If their standards have lowered. <laughs>
0: no, you don't Honestly. Have to. But,
1: you know, someone Another, they hired might have left and, you know.
0: Yeah. Another thing that I could speak to is, you know, less about showing that you're capable, but more about showing that you're valuable mm-hmm. is... I know it is an art and that, you know, if you're injecting, that's your main focus, but you can bring a lot of value in the events that you do, the ideas that you have, generating revenue, being like a team player and saying, you know what, I are not necessarily a team player, but being enthusiastic about bringing a new clientele, bringing new ideas. Like I said, events that you want to do, promotions that you want to run and being a person that is willing to do the work to get people in the door rather than being an injector that's like, well, I'll just inject them. Like, that's my job. Uh, You know, think outside the box of what you can do to bring value to that company. Right, right. And something that I have started
1: doing is maybe you can find somebody in your area that is willing to allow you to shadow because you are a medical professional. It's not like that you don't have a medical license. You understand HIPAA. You understand privacy. You understand all that. And you might talk to someone about... Could I shadow you? and you need to be willing to pay for that too. Um, I know when people ask me they want a lot of freebies, they want me to give them a lot of advice, like specific injection advice for free. Um, you know i I don't mind doing that, but then there comes a point where you know I don't want to be their only source, and I'm giving away all of my valuable pearls of wisdom. But if someone were, were to come to me, which they have, and said, would it be okay if I shadow you? Do you mind if you mentor me? Could I come watch you maybe once a week or once a month? And I'd be willing to pay for your time because I know that what you'll be teaching me is valuable. Now, if someone does that, they're not necessarily working for me, but now... Um, they have a really good reference and they can use me as a reference. I can tell that potential employer, yes, this person has done this and this. I've observed them doing this. She seems or he seems to be very um, detail-oriented or whatever. So that would be very valuable. But, again, be willing to pay for that.
0: And the last thing that she mentioned is she wants to hear more stories from you from the beginning of your career. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if I
1: want to put those out there that on the airways. Those good old war stories. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if I want to put them out there.
0: You got anything? Give us a little something.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I can tell you this because
0: okay. this is pretty funny. Um, and this
1: was one of my first places I worked. Didn't know this patient, brand new patient. And they came in. They were getting simple Botox. And, I mean, I think it was just like the glabellar, like the frown lines, like no big deal. And I ran out of product. And I, so <laughs> like
0: halfway through? Yeah.
1: I didn't draw everything up in advance like I do now, which is probably why I do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's probably because this happened. Uh-huh. I would, I was drawing it up in the syringe, and then I'd inject, and then I'd drop some more, and then inject. And then I'd be like, okay, how much more do I need? And then to finish it off, I'd drop you know, just what I needed. Well, That seems frugal, but now you just drop everything that you're going to need. Yes. Now I count in advance how much I'm going to do and draw it up in advance, you know, and I still mark my patients. I don't stop marking. I still mark them. But, um, so yeah, I was like four units short. So like I, there was an actual space and it wouldn't have been that bad if there's five injection points on the glabellar. So you have two corrugators that go inward and down and then you've got a single muscle like right above right? It attaches to the top of the bridge. She's of your pointing nose. like y'all can see. I know it attaches. It's help me think how to describe it. It attaches at the top of the bridge of your nose and then it goes up vertically about, you know, two inches, inch and a half, two inches. So that's your Procerus. Well, it would have made more sense if I had injected like two above the right eyebrow, two above the left eyebrow, and then if I didn't have anything for the Proceris, no big deal. But I did an eyebrow, and eyebrow, Proceris, and then the other <laughs> half of the other the,
0: eyebrow. None for the
1: other brow? No. And, and then I was out of product. <laughs> so I had to tell... I mean, like, I wasn't going to just, like, draw up some water and inject her with water. And I don't oh mean my. water, like, out saline. of the tap. I mean, like, saline. Um, I wasn't going to do oh, that. And so I just was like, I just came clean. I'm like, I am so sorry. And I just explained to her, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm out of product and blah, 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 blah. I don't know what I said, but I was, I apologized. You and were
0: literally like no more in the back. No, out of
1: product. No. Cause this was like, uh, I can't even tell you where I was working. It was, <laughs> it was a place that today I wouldn't even step in. It was a little shady, but anyway, at the time I didn't know cause I was brand new. I didn't know. Uh-huh. Um,
0: so what did so you do? You left her with one brow Well, so I told her.
1: I said, I can order it today. It They ship it. It has to be here, like, tomorrow by 4. So if you want to come back, I'll have it, And and because it's not going to take effect for, like, five to seven days. Did she come back? Actually, she did. She came back, and she followed <laughs> me to a couple of different cool. places. Wow. I know. Well, and I think it's because I was just totally honest. So actually, a lot of my patients become friends because I like to joke a lot with my friends with my patients and all that kind of thing so i I think that my patients are pretty comfortable with me unless you know i'm getting the vibe from them that it's like strictly 100 percent professional and then you know i do that but she ended up no being good friends and like we laughed
0: about that for a while that's funny so never again you draw it all out before that's
1: right i mean you learn from your mistakes you don't ever forget
0: Great story. Great way to end this episode. Thanks for sharing. And thanks to Lauren from the Honest Beauty Review for sending in that review that turned into a whole episode. Thanks, girl. Yeah, we appreciate it. If anyone else out there has any questions or things that you want to be an entire episode, then leave us a five star review down below. That's the requirement. Hers was a five star. It's got to be five star. (laughs) Yeah. And you have to like us, you have to enjoy our humor and want to hear more stories make sure you follow us on social media at aesthetic and on Facebook and Instagram. And for a more personal connection, you can always email us at aesthetic at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you like and subscribe and share this with your friends. We'll talk to you next episode. Great. Bye guys.